go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel. I'm Tom Baker, and with me will be Wes Reimnitz to discuss another subject that he has found. Hello, Wes. Hello, Tom. It's sunny and dry up here. How about you? Well, we had a little rain last night, but frankly, um, no real problem. So we'll be taken off to go to churches in the afternoon, and we're looking forward to having a good day. Now, Dan mentioned that uh, I-44 was flooded. He had to take a pontoon in. Well, on this August the 4th, 2022, that highway goes quite a distance, so I'm not sure what part. I haven't heard that, so we'll have to wait and see. All right, today we've got a very interesting topic that you have found, and it's about Jordan Peterson. I've spoken about him quite a few times because he is a Canadian psychologist who's very conservative and has a large group of young men who listen to him. He is best known for his apologetics approach where he does not believe that you can convince someone to become a Christian by means of reason, but really by means of hearing the Bible. And the Bible has all the evidence that you need to bring a person to faith. In fact, the article you gave me starts, the Bible is more than just true, it's the bedrock of civilization. What does he mean by that? Well, uh, he appeared on a a podcast with uh, Joe Rogan, and uh, he went through the Museum of the Bible there in Washington, D.C., and he was making his reflection that, uh, roughly speaking, we have a bedrock agreement, and that's the Bible, by the way, which... In some respects, as we look at this article, I think it's a culmination of three years of his searching the scripture and coming to this conclusion here. Yes, in fact, um, just before our program, St. Paul de Pere, I'm a member of that congregation in uh, here in St. Louis, one, two, three, four, five, on Manchester. And you can hear their Bible study every Sunday morning. Uh, That's where they take and explain it as the bedrock of all civilization. And that's what he had discovered when he was going through the museum. He said there's only one book, and that book was the Bible, historically. And after a while, there were all sorts of books that anybody could buy. But all these books, in some sense, emerged of the, out of the underlying book, the Bible. And so why is he so insistent on the Bible being taught? Well, I, he kind of talked about Western civilization, characterizing it as a fundamental text, a text of which you can depend. 
um, he made a, a statement in, in another interview that he is amazed at his own belief and he doesn't understand it, but he's been searching the scriptures quite definitely these last three years. So he, he cites as the, the work of William Shakespeare as one of several texts that influence other texts. He's able to point to things that are written in those plays of Shakespeare that relate back to the Bible. Yeah, he makes a point that needs explanation. He says, it isn't that the Bible is true, it's that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth, which makes it way more true than just true. It's a whole different kind of truth. And I think this is not only literally the case, factually, I think it can't be any other way. It's the only way we can solve the problem of perception. Now, what he means by perception is how we understand the world. And you know what I'm doing on Wednesdays here on Law and Gospel. I'm going through one of the books of the Bible that really changes perception. And what's that book? Uh, it's Proverbs. And uh, what was that one verse you had yesterday, the way of the Lord? Well, I had, it was um, 10, chapter 10. But what specifically are you talking about? There was one that the way of the Lord is is, uh, is something for the blameless. Oh, yes, yes. I think that's really, really important. It's a distinction between those who are righteous and those that Proverbs refers to as being foolish. In other words, a difference between a believer and an unbeliever. And in Proverbs 10, it talks about the righteous as being blameless. Now, I think that's really critical because how does God consider us to be blameless? Not because we should not be blamed for sin. We are to be blamed. In fact, in our liturgy, we confess we're poor, miserable sinners deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment because we sin by thought, word, and deed. But God considers us blameless because Jesus paid for those sins. And therefore, when God looks at the Christian, he considers him as one who is no longer a sinner because his sins are forgiven. God doesn't hold us accountable for our sins. We are considered from God's point of view as blameless. And, and that's more than true. And that that is, uh, I think, part of the walk that Jordan Peterson's been under. I mean, he's been raised in, in a Protestant faith, and I don't know which you know denomination that was. But uh, back in 2018, which is three years earlier, he said that he needed three more years to believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And here it is, 2022. It's going into year four. I mean, we're looking at at uh, an interview where he says the Bible is more than just true. It's the bedrock of salvation. 
and he himself says he's amazed at his own faith, and he doesn't quite understand how it is that he 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 believes, but yet he believes. Yes, this is something every Christian needs to take to mind, that your faith is something that is really hard to explain. Try and explain to an unbeliever what your faith believes, like about the Trinity, about you being a poor, corrupt sinner, about your sins being forgiven because some carpenter died on a cross uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. None of that seems to make any sense to an unbeliever. But to a believer, once you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you begin to believe what I call the unbelievable. And, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how would you summarize that gospel? Uh, well, John three sixteen, gospel of the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yes. Now, what Peterson is talking about is he sees a decline of Western civilization and points to specific things, especially what we're going through in the United States right now, the obsession with gender. He calls that a sign of civilizational collapse. And it caught the ira of the far-left progressive activist group Media Matters, and they frequently demand that advertisers boycott conservative news commentators because they don't like hearing things such as what Jordan Peterson is saying. How does he understand, from a gender point of view, the decline of Western civilization? What's happening in regard to that? Well, he said it can be traced back to the ancient Romans and the Greeks, which, by the way, it cost him his, his chair position at the University of Toronto. He's just a member of the faculty now because he took his position not on gender but on biological sex. Yes, the problem with gender is look how many people are trying to change the gender in which they were born. Females are trying to be males, and males are trying to be females. In fact, what's the problem in the area of sports due to that? Well, the transgenders uh, participate in the women's sports, and they're winning all the medals. Yes, and so the women records are being broken really by males who are pretending themselves to be females. And he says that's a real collapse of Western civilization. And it, it's really important to understand that. And there were really two articles you sent me. The one was, the Bible is more than just true. And that's by Peterson. But the other one is entitled, Jordan Peterson urges Christians to focus on their holy duty and save souls before it's too late. Now, I found that very interesting because 
what is he complaining about the church? That they're not getting out there and proclaiming the good news. Exactly. Uh, the good news of the forgiveness of sins, etc. In fact, he makes this statement. The church should leave aside social justice and other modern obsessions and save souls before it's too late. Now, what does he mean by leaving social justice? What are some churches doing? Well, probably the, the, the term for, for us as pastors, we would be talking about work righteousness, about, uh, the, you know, if we feed the, the hungry. And it's not to say that those things aren't important, feeding the hungry, uh, social raci racism and things of that nature that we run across, but that uh, the, the, the main thrust of the church is first uh, the the kingdom of God that rests in the hearts through the Holy Gospel. Right. And that's really important because a lot of churches are changing the mission of the church from proclaiming the forgiveness of sins through Christ Jesus to being a church of social justice, trying to change what is happening in the world not only in the area of, of doctrine, like against creationism and for evolution, but in other areas where they're saying that what's more important for the church to do is to create a better world here. And what does Jesus say about his kingdom, whether it's of this world or not? Right. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were... As he said to Pilate, they would be fighting for his release. But as it is, it's not of this world. This is a huge distinction between the righteous, the Christian, and the foolish, the unbeliever, that the unbeliever does not recognize who God is. And a lot of times the unbeliever thinks that God is very much like their own personality, they want to be kind of wealthy. They want to have a good life. And they see all kinds of things happening in the world that are a result of sin. And I, I think that's really behind a lot of this climate change uh, obsession, where a lot of it is just due to the way that the world is and not really due to man and so, therefore, they're trying to change even environments. Well, in, in essence, doesn't that really go back to Adam and Eve and, and the garden in the first sin? That uh, as they fell into sin, it was always somebody else's fault. It was never our own. Yes. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. And, of course, they did not take personal blame for their rebellion against God. And so what Jordan says is that human culture, particularly in the West, is best described as an oppressive patriarchy 
motivated by the desire, willingness, and the ability to use power to attain what are purely selfish and self-serving ends. And in that, he thinks that the whole idea of white people having privilege over others is part of that kind of wrong thinking that is done by the left, that somehow white people have privilege. There was a really interesting uh, quote from someone. He says, you know, I'm a white person, and when I hear that white people have privilege, that reminds me of the statement that all Muslims are terrorists. He said, no, that's not true. There are some Muslims that are terrorists, but not all of them. And then there are some white people who have privilege and use it to the detriment of others, but I'm not one of those people. I'm a white person who does not have that kind of privilege. And the person made the point that all of us have some things in our life that don't go proper. And therefore, all of us also have some privilege that others don't have. Right. Well, and hearing you speak about this, it also refers back to when we go to worship on Sunday morning. What's one of the first things we do? We confess that we're poor, miserable sinners, that there's something in us that is corrupt and sinful by nature, and we ask for God's mercy and forgiveness. Yes. In fact, many of the people who listen to his broadcasts are young men. And he says the church should remind people, including young men, perhaps even first and foremost, that they have a woman to find, a garden to walk in, a family to nurture, an ark to build, a land to conquer, and the utter terrible catastrophe of life to face stalwartly in truth, devoted to love and without fear. In other words, he says, invite the young men back. Say literally to those young men, you are welcome here in this church. If no one also wants you to have anything to offer, we do. We want to call you to the highest purpose of your life. We want your time and energy and effort and your will and your good work. We want to work with you to make things better, to produce life more abundant for you and for your wife and your children, for your community and your country and the world. Now that whole concept that he's talking about to produce life more abundant. What kind of life does the Bible say that is more abundant than the life we live in the world? Well, that's, uh, that reminds, reminds me of two scripture passages, one out of John, that he came to give them life abundantly. And of course, he's talking about Jesus Christ. The other is Second uh, Timothy where Paul gives uh, to Timothy all scriptures breathed by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped 
maybe complete and equipped for every good work. Yes. He, he really speaks to young men because many young men are skeptical, skeptical, he says, about what the church teaches. And he asks this question, what else do you have? You can abandon the churches in your cynicism and unbelief. You can say the church does not express what I believe properly. Then he says, who cares what you believe? Why is this about you? What if it was incumbent upon you and vital to your health and willingness and even to live to rescue yourself where God resides and to restore yourself to life? And that, of course, is what the church is all about in giving a life that is far better than what many young people are experiencing today. I, what, what, uh, having trouble getting the words out, but you know, he's, I think he's surprised at his own belief. He's, he's a trained psychologist and over the last three years, he's gone through some personal anxiety and problems. And I think he's come to the conclusion that Christ is the only way that, and should not surprise us that he's come out and said that uh, the Bible is true. It's the bedrock of civilization. Yeah, he, he speaks to the Protestant churches and says, you're the worst at the moment. And all I would do is tell people to turn to any other radio station that has religious broadcasting, and you will find that there is a total lack of Jesus Christ being the center of that broadcasting, especially with the forgiveness of sins. He says, churches should put up a billboard saying young men are welcome here. Tell those who have never been in a church exactly what to do, how to dress, when to show up, who to contact, and most importantly, what they can do and believe. Ask more, not less, of those you are inviting. Ask more of them than anyone ever has. Remind them who they are in the deepest sense and help them become that. And you, you've mentioned the reminder to all of us in the deepest sense is that we're poor, miserable sinners, but because of the death of Jesus Christ, God declares all believers as righteous in his sight and therefore blameless and without sin. That's really who they are. And I think that's one of the main reasons for, for going to church is to remind us that we are redeemed in Christ our Lord. And we hear that he has forgiven us and also the Lord's Supper, in which we had that personal seal of forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of faith. Yeah, he says people need to understand that as a believer, you're the church for God's sake. Quit fighting for social justice. Quit trying to save the planet. Attend to some souls. 
That's what you're supposed to do. That's your holy duty. Do it now before it's too late. The hour is nigh. Now, as you said, Peterson doesn't deny that Christians should help out the disadvantaged who, who need food and housing, etc. But he's making it very clear that that's not the purpose of the church. It may be the purpose of a personal Christian in regard to his neighbor, to love your neighbor. But the purpose of the church really is found in the first three commandments, to believe in God properly, the Holy Trinity, and no other God, to not take his name in vain, and to worship him on a regular basis on the Sabbath. That's the purpose of the church, rather than trying to get involved with social justice, because the world will continue to fail, because it's a world of sin, it's a world of Satan, and we need to be moved from the world of Satan to the world of God. In other words, from hell to the Holy Christian Church. And that comes about by giving people the good news of Jesus Christ. Well said. In Ephesians 4 bears that out too. Uh, I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do in the fertility of their minds and darken understanding is as for and as he goes on to say that is not the way you learned of Christ that uh, Christ is the only way you can just go Hebrews 13 you can go to Second Timothy it's all over the scriptures and what are you saying is all over the scriptures Christ is the only way it's uh, from Genesis to Revelations. It's a story about Jesus and how he has redeemed us and made us a part of his kingdom. Yes. And that has been a declaration that God has given us because of faith in Jesus Christ. So thanks very much for finding these articles on Jordan Peterson, Pastor Reimnitz. Tomorrow is Open Mic Friday, and so you may email me if you have a question about this, and we have more to say about this in light of another email that we have received. I'm Tom Baker, and Wes Reimnitz has been on. Thanks so much for listening. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. 
Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.